You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Third Watch, the greatest television show, the greatest television show. You have already listened to our voice today because you listened to our part one recap of this two-part recap of the two episodes that are of a recap. <laughs> this is Crime and Punishment Part Two. The tenth episode of the fourth season of Third Watch, first aired on the ninth of December two thousand and two, the final episode that aired in two thousand and two. It was written by Paul G. Golding. It was directed by Peter Ellis, and my name is Ben. And put some pants on. I am wearing pants. Damn it. My name's Darvell, and let's hit the bitch. <laughs> yeah, your quote is definitely better than mine. Yes, yours doesn't hold up in twenty eighteen. You sexist pig. Uh, <laughs> well, neither does yours if you're talking to a woman. I would never say that to a woman because she would already be wearing pants because they can wear pants or dresses, whatever they want. It's 2018, Darville. Good save. The feminist voice hey. of the Oz Network, Ben Waterworth, once again. Uh, I am looking forward <laughs> to recapping this episode because it feels like forever since we've talked about it. It's been a long time. It really has. It really has not. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? Cause I'm hey, dying, it's Monday. I'm dying to know what happened in this cliffhanger, Darville. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Um, we're not, oh, not going to find well, out. Well, then let's find out. We're not going to find out straight away because Yokus has to put some tape up. Um, you know, priorities first, <laughs> basically. Uh, and we've got some kids who... I don't understand these kids because we've got this sort of look on their face when they're kind of asking if Miguel's okay, and then obviously it's implied that they knew that there was a shooter going after them at the same time. So there's kind of some weird stuff going on here, but Yokus is being nice. He's calling him the deputy and all that sort of stuff. So cool. Um, and then we cut back to our um, crash from last week. We've got a great song going in the background, a sort of a, a hip-hop version of In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. I like it. And um, Yep, it was uh, DMX. And what I always wondered about the crash, though, is, I mean, did, I mean, how how did that how did that happen? Did the guy just roll up and cut him off, or yeah, he, he did he jump out in front I'll of him? I'll get to that and, in just a second. It's interesting that you say that's DMX okay. doing that because we know that DMX is going to be in this show in a season's time. So um, yeah, I didn't realize that was DMX again. Going to show my great uh, knowledge of uh, that type of is it, is it rap hip hop? What's the correct terminology here? What am I saying? <laughs> I don't really. I don't. To tell you the truth, I've always thought that rap and that rap and hip hop are in essentials the same thing. That's what I thought, but I mean, just, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't think I've ever felt so white in my life right now that here I am trying to work out what this music is called. I like it. I'm like, I'm not saying I don't like it. Like, what did I call him last week? Yes, well, this episode, Trench, Treach. What's his name? Treach, Trench. It, it's pro- it's pronounced. Yeah, you keep saying Trench. It's it's pronounced Tretch. 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 Sure. Yeah, Tretch. So even yeah, in my tretch. correcting of his name, I'm calling him like something that you wash your clothes in. Or trench. You don't wash your clothes in a trench. You jump over it. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you fight. You fought World War One in trenches. So I fought World War One in trenches. Uh... <laughs> well, no, you didn't, but n- neither did I. Unless, of course, we are the two oldest people still living. <laughs> You're old man voice. I'll sit Mallory off in the background because he's laughing at me not knowing what a trench is. <coughs> well, I don't know. What am I thinking? I think of a trough. That's what you wash your clothes in. You don't wash your clothes in a trough. 
You can wash your clothes. A horses drink out of troughs. <laughs> Who the fuck would wash their clothes in something that a horse drinks out I of? I don't know, all right? Like, just, I'm not educated, all right? I'm just trying to work out what his name is. And I'm trying to point out how white I am right now. It's spelt treach. How do you pronounce it? Tretch. Like, it's dumb. Take it up with... I don't fucking know. Take it up with him. That'd be like if I pronounce my name like Bob, because it's spelt Ben. <laughs> like, where do you get that from? <laughs> no idea. Like, do I need to go back to school? <laughs> I really don't know why I'm so dumb sometimes. Oh. Uh, great comic relief. Yeah, the comedic geniuses relief. that we are. Can I, alright, so the crash, you, you asked how did the crash happens. Basically, they're like at a... Yeah an intersection-y fork thing and the ambulance is going down one oh. side and this car comes on the other side and crashes into them because apparently they had exact GPS of this ambulance. What if you got the wrong ambulance? What if you, like, rammed poor little Grandma Doris who broke a hip or something like that? Like, you know, you got to be pretty... They were probably... Wa- to be fair, they were probably they were probably watching and then got ahead of them, but then... Oh, wait, never mind. I was going to say, but then how would they know what route they were going to go? True. Never mind. Anyway, so he crashes into him. Like we, this is the ending of la- the last episode. Opens the doors, gets his mm-hmm. Uzi out, and blows the smithereens. Now, like, again, like this episode, like last week's episode, great. But is this arguably the worst plot hole in the history of Third Watch, or did this guy go to the Stormtrooper school of shooting? He is standing at an ambulance door, which is what? a metre and a half, two metres wide, and he's got, like, a small enclosed square with a high-powered automatic weapon. He has, what, five people in this ambulance? And he does not kill anyone. He hits, like, Miguel, like, twice. Somehow, every single person in this ambulance does not get shot except for the small child... How is everybody not and, blown and, to smithereens? And, and, his, and his mother. And his mother. Who, who, she's, I think, well, yeah, she's got, like, a wound in the leg, doesn't she? You're right. She's hit her head. Yes. Now, like, again, like, I've, I've shot a couple of guns in my life. I... So have I, believe it or not. ...fired at a tree, and I got close to hitting the thing. I'm sure if I had an automatic weapon in that closed space, I would be blowing some body parts off people. And, like... It's just ridiculous to believe that no one is dead in that situation. Speechless. Tell me about it. I did kind of, I did kind of wonder that too. But what I wondered though was, I mean, Bosco was Bosco was obvious. Bosco was obviously armed. Why didn't he bust back? Mm. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, and that's I think the thing with it too is like they're in shock because you got this guy firing an Uzi at you and like yeah like firing back great but is Bosco scared because he's in a confined space that if he starts firing off a couple of rounds and he's going to hit Miguel or he's going to hit the mum or something like that like it just it just maybe there is no logical reasoning behind anybody surviving this situation um, except for the fact that it's a TV show and we can't kill off Doc we can't kill off Carlos we can't kill off Bosco we can't kill a twelve year old kid. Honestly, the mother should die in this situation. Like, she's the only one that no well, one cares about in this scene. Well, we prop. Well, we probably could have, if nothing else, for shock value. Yeah. Well, that's. I always and remembered. I thought she did die, but clearly she doesn't. No. Now, if this had been a, 
if this had been a if this had been a cable if this had been a cable show, not a major network show, mm-hmm. yeah, there would have been more deaths probably because cable ma- major networks they like to play it safe in terms of stuff like this. Cable, you know, how different do you think Third Watch would have been? Oh, here we go with a tangent. How different do you think Third Watch would have been if it had been on, say, HBO or Showtime or one of those cable networks? I mean, it would have had a lot more, yeah, graphicness, via, uh, bad words, boobs, bums, doodles, like everything above. Like, <laughs> there, there definitely would have been. But I mean, you can say that for any show, really. Uh, it's yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like um, you know, we obviously talked a lot about Southland and how that's a show we'd love to cover one day. But, like, how they edited that so that they would swear, but they just beeped it out. Um, and there are actually uncensored versions of that online, which makes it a lot more realistic. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good question. I'd like to know how it would have worked as, you know, and just would have heard As a cable know. show. But it's just, you think about the shootouts we've had on this show. We obviously talked about one a couple of weeks ago with Ladies' Day and then... You know, when we had our, our big um, restaurant shooting last season uh, in Superheroes and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. way back in season one as well. Like, you could also argue in, there... In this, this brand of this band of brothers, yeah. yeah. I guess people, anybody could argue, well, how did those people miss? The, the difference in those scenes is that they're all in large open spaces. You know, you've got bank robbers leaving a bank and they're hitting, they're hitting the cop cars. You know, they've shot a couple of cops. You know, uh, they're in a restaurant, there are people behind tables, there are things like that. This is legitimately, like, a small enclosed space where everyone is dead. So, anyway, not to, not to completely rip into these episodes, but that just has always bothered me, that no one dies in this situation. Not that I want them to die, but, you know. Right. Yeah. So, they all get themselves together. Bosco basically gets up, goes after this guy, uh, he sees him walking down the street, he's barely even running away, this guy. And Bosco has a clear line of sight. Bosco could have, could have easily gotten him. Well, he's got a clear line of sight of him. We've got kind of this little old lady steps in the way and kind of has this weird look. But the thing that I don't understand is because, you know, we hear like Miguel screaming out for help and everything. Like Bosco checked on everybody in the ambulance before he got out of the ambulance. His number one job as a cop is to go get the perp. So I'm sorry. Bosco's to blame here. He easily could have gotten that guy. Okay, he's in shock. Yes, he might I'm be I'm surprised deaf. he didn't. Well, like, season one Bosco would have chased this guy down and smacked the shit out of him. Bosco here Especially is, if he had discovered beforehand that Miguel had been shot. Yeah. so Before getting out of the ambulance. So he's kind of just goes back to the ambulance for some reason and helps out Miguel. I just, I don't understand why he does that. Um, and obviously Carlos in shock. Um, he has a look at the equipment. You know, we kind of get a bit here of Carlos and sort of that's going to be a thing with them. Uh, we hear over the radio back with Jokus and Swirsky um, that this has happened and then Jokus and that show up. And where's Cruz? Like, where has Cruz gone at this point? I don't know why she doesn't come back. Don't know. Don't know. Um, no, but I don't know where she is at this point. Yeah, she's... But she does come back later. Probably. Um, we get the credits. Chris Bauer's back on the credits, so he's obviously going to be here for, like, five seconds in one scene. That's what he's going to do. Um, we've got this weird scene sort of after the credits with Carlos um, and Kim and sort of going on about, um, you know, they're kind of questioning him and, like, Carlos is in shock. I don't really understand why they're kind of asking him weird questions and Carlos, like, snaps at Taylor and Kim, just like, it was real, it was real. And there's our one three-second Taylor scene of the episode. Uh, yeah. And then we're back at the hospital. 
to which Cruz finally shows up and is sort of questioning uh, Bosco. We get our first sort of um, bit of moment between Cruz and Yokus where she snaps at Yokus. Um, and this is kind of like, we didn't really get a whole lot. We, I was defending Cruz in the last episode, but really this is the episode where we sort of really start to see what she's like. You know, obviously her yelling at Yokus, uh, you know, her sort of whole moment where she's like, there's no time for crying now. Um, and just kind of like, this is her, she's very much gung ho, committed, fully forced to her job. She will do anything to get what she wants. And this is kind of her reactions to this. So great acting here by Tia Tahada. It's, it's just, it's just such a unique character that we haven't, like, we've seen elements of Bosco who's like this and kind of Yokus is there to calm down. But I like this trio. And this is one thing I like about season four when it comes to Cruz is, I like this storyline we're going to get, which is kind of Bosco in the middle of Yokus and Cruz. We don't really get a whole lot of that moving forward into season five and six. So I like that. I, I don't know if you're a fan of kind yeah. of how this builds up. We talked about the slow burn last week of Sully, but I like this slow burn of these, these three, which is obviously going to be our season four cliffhanger eventually. Oh, yes. You know, I'll give, I'll give you my take. I'll give you my take on that when we get to the, when we get to the end of the season, mm, okay, just you're keeping I'll, I'll us on a cliffhanger because I'll, because I'll need I'll need to revisit it, mm-hmm. you know, explore it more. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Um, so Carlos is still very much out of it, um, and he kind of has this moment with Doc. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, well, kind of this it's weird moment where Carlos is going. This feels slightly repetitive to me because this was kind of very much back to season one when, you know, Carlos is basically like, oh, I froze, you know, I'm sorry. And kind of we're just getting a, a whole repeat of that going on here. I don't understand why they try and recycle this with Doc and Carlos in this episode. So, I- Well, it's entirely possible that, you know, he actually did. I mean... I think I'd freeze too if I was in an if I was in an ambulance and someone started blasting an Uzi at it. Well, we had that a couple of weeks ago, obviously on Ladies Day, when Doc went to go in with Bosco and kind of he was, you know, Telly's a little bit scared, so that's sort of what happened there. Uh, Bosco staring at the blood on the floor, kind of as Miguel gets brought upstairs, and um, basically him and Cruz have a conversation, and Bosco goes up to. Um, the guy, the the other guy who was shot earlier from the um, the stairs and yells at him and Cruz. This is kind of where Cruz sort of steps in here because this is Bosco's way and Cruz has kind of got her long-term plan with this because essentially Bosco's going to beat this guy and then Cruz obviously says, like, what are you going to do, beat him in the city? He's going to, you know, get a million-dollar payout for him. Um, when, she said, when she said that, though, I couldn't help but think, oh, come on, wouldn't she have done the exact same thing? Well, I, I this is where I, I disagree and say no, because this is kind of where she says that I'm pretty damn persuasive. Like, she is going to, you know, do it her way. So this is where I think the key differences are between Bosco and Yoka, uh, Bosco and Cruz, because you feel like, yes, you feel that this is exactly what Cruz would do. But as we're going to find out, particularly in this episode, is that, like, yeah, Cruz will do whatever it takes, but she doesn't resort to violence. She goes out of her way to think of things that are even worse than violence, to really, uh, you know, get people to do things that she wants. So yeah, like pl- yeah, like planting drugs and scarring children for life. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, this is where I think kind of going back to the whole play with Yokus and kind of going off Bosco because Yokus is obviously used to Bosco and kind of trying to calm him down. That's what Yokus does well. 
but now she's kind of got Bosco paired up with someone who's even worse than he is. So how's that going to work as a pair? So what's Yoko's going to do? So this is where I think it works really good. And just that line from Cruz where she's like, I can be pretty damn persuasive. And, you know, we're going to find out just how much. So very, very shortly. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Davis is here. He's with Hancock. Uh, no one's injured. That's great. And he needs to go down to the mayor because he wants to be briefed. And then he wants Davis to deliver something to uh, to Nancy, who, of course... Nancy. Yes. And um, then they're going to talk about Sullivan when they get back because um, Davis wants to help out his friend, uh, obviously, when it comes to that. So, uh, yeah, you know, we get sort of our wrap-up of Hancock this episode, don't we? Um, yeah, and thank God for that. Pretty much, yes. We, yeah, I, I did not... I, I really didn't like that storyline. It look, it's not the most memorable storyline in the world, but I kind of, like, it's something that I feel works. Like, Davis needs something to do. And I think kind of at the end of the day... That's true. You've got... Sully's off after the death of Tatiana. There's, you know, Davis is going to be there to help him out, but like Yokus has got her own things going on with Emily, and then Bosco's got his own stuff going on with Cruz. So they've found something for Davis to do that feels relevant to his character. It's one of these ones where, with the wrap up of what will happen with it, I feel it's a good development of his character that essentially he's taken a stand for himself and he's kind of, you know, helping out Sully. And, what's always integral to this is his relationship with Sully. So, you know, I think that's kind of, it works out well in the long term, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. So meanwhile, we've got this raid. We've got the guy. There's a warrant on him, um, outstanding because he didn't check in with his parole officer. And this is essentially where we get our first real inkling of just what Cruz is capable of. So she's essentially questioning this guy. He's denying he doesn't know Vernon. She's essentially saying, I'm having a bad day. You don't want to piss me off. And then she drops the line and says, like, oh, I might find some uh, rocks here. I might find some drugs. I might go find some in the bedroom. To which, you know, at this point, we just think, like, oh, yeah, she's just saying that. Like, well, maybe he does have drugs. And then he caves and says, no, I'll tell you. He admits that it was LaVon Jackson who shot up the ambulance. You see him around with a pit bull uh, somewhere up on 49th. Obviously, we know it's a guy with glasses, with the dog that we saw. And, uh, yeah, he essentially, she basically turns around and says that I will be back um, if you are lying to us. And just the look that Bosco, kind of, they go outside they put him in the car, and just the look that Bosco gives Cruz, it's just kind of like this stare, the Cruz is like, what? And then sort of Bosco admitting here, like, hey, like, you know, that was great. Cruz sort of turns around and says, hey, that's the smartest thing you've ever, um, you know, said. Bosco says, like, what would have you done if he's call- he called you bluff? To which Cruz pulls out a small little bag of drugs from her pocket, puts it on the roof and says, you know, never tell a skell that you won't do what you won't, that you say you're going to do. So this is this is it. This is and the I moment. have to wonder how did she? How did she? Well, how did how does she manage to stockpile all that all that stuff? Because I mean, we'll find out. Spoiler alert! Although by the time we get to it, people will have forgotten. I said this. I'm sure we'll find out in the in the series finale that she's like stockpiled weapons and and no doubt drugs and stuff like that over the course of her career. How was it that it was just completely undetected? Well, I, I think and all I think there's a there's a throwaway line in this episode which I think goes to show 
that she has respect in the the force because there's a line coming up when Swirsky she walks past Swirsky and Yokus is at the desk when she's when Swirsky says something like oh you know that she really gets things done so obviously she goes out there and gets it done and like this is kind of just one of those real sort of black and white and grey areas where yeah she's doing the wrong things by keeping drugs like she's keeping weapons she's doing these things but she's doing them for the right reasons. Like, I don't know if you ever watched Dexter, but, like, that was the whole thing about the show. Like, he's Dexter, a guy who's a serial killer, but he's killing bad people because the legal system will not properly punish them. So it's kind of I like... Watched the, I watched a, a little bit of the first season of it, but then I lost track of it, although that could be because the first season aired on CBS and... Then they then it moved then it moved to Showtime. But they moved. And they, I didn't have. I thought it was always on Showtime. That was a that was a cable show in itself. That was very graphic. I don't think that could ever last on CBS. Well, at least I'm pretty sure it aired on CBS for the first season, and then got I mean, moved to Showtime. I don't know. I know it ended up. I know it was. I know it ended on Showtime. But yeah, I kind of lost track of it after the. After the first season, that I'm pretty sure did air on CBS. They might have done an edited version. Yeah, no, I'm seeing here that it was always on Showtime. Oh, hang on, no, hang on. Reruns aired on CBS. Um, uh, yes, okay. Oh, okay, okay. So you, okay, you're technically right. So I'm just reading here. In February 2008, reruns edited down to a TV 14 rating began to air on CBS in the wake of a shortage of original program due to the 2007-2008 writers' strike. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I do remember that. Because I, I remember like, that. if you ever watch Dexter in its entirety, particularly in the first two seasons with Dokes in it, who basically says fuck every three words, as does Deborah, uh, Dexter's sister, I'm thinking, how the hell did they put that on network TV? <laughs> it's, um, great show. It's a very good show, Dick. I mean, it sort of fizzled out towards I'll have to check- badly, but, uh. No, I'll have to check, I'll have to check it out. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it was, it was very popular for its time. Michael C. Hall's a great actor. Um, so, but like, it's just, it is definitely one of these things though with Cruz, just on that topic that like, yeah, she's definitely doing the bad, the, you know, wrong things, but it's ultimately for the purpose of good. So like back to your point where you said like, how does she get away with it? She's obviously very good at covering her tracks and that's what's really going to come into play at the end of this season and the beginning of next season, because it all catches up to her and this is where, again, a lot of people don't like her because it comes down to the fact she's technically a dirty cop. But this is where I think it always pays for people to rewatch this show and kind of, if, you, if you're a fan of this show and you've rewatched this show so many times and you ultimately know kind of how much they go out of their way to redeem her by series end, I think that they almost go too far with it because I just, I, I don't know, like, I like this side of Cruz and it's just the will do anything it takes to get the bad guy. She's just, she's just something about the way her character's written from the very beginning, which is just so redeeming to me. And I always appreciate her every time I watch it. And when I first watched this show with her in it, I never ever was on the, I do not like her page. So it's, it's just, again, as I'm going to say every single week, I understand why people don't like her. But I just hope that people can appreciate her. And it's just, it's this scene as well. Just that scene with the car. I said it last week. She's got great facial acting. Just the way she kind of holds that scene. And just the tension between her and Bosco. And great chemistry between Tia, Tia Tahada and Jason Wiles. They've got great chemistry, as pretty much everyone on this show has oh, great chemistry. Oh, definitely. Undeniable. And it's just even the way kind of like Bosco reacts around her. We're used to Bosco being so, 
you know, hard-nutted and out there and confident in his ability. He just, he kind of goes into a bit of a shell around Cruz. So, yeah, there's just elements to this storyline, which really, really works. So, yeah, this is our first real big Cruz is a bit of a different cop um, right here in this scene. Um, meanwhile, we have Davis dropping off the uh, envelope to Nancy, who we have not forgotten about, apparently. Uh, their tickets, plane tickets to Denver. Uh, Hancock sending her back there to visit family. Awesome city. Yes, I, I agree with you. I have been to Denver. It's a nice city. Um, very big airport and apparently haunted that airport. <laughs> if you didn't know all the, the stories about the behind the Denver airport, Google it. You'll enjoy reading that. Um, no, I haven't heard about... The haunted airport. It's apparently built on no, the I... gates of hell or something like that. Like it's, oh, it's God. legitimately a thing. Like Google it. You, I, I didn't believe it. Somebody told me a couple of years ago just before I went to Denver, and I'm like, what? That's not true. And then you read all like the, uh, you know, the rumors about it. And yeah, anyway, another story, another podcast. Um, and basically Hancock's been running his mouth to Nancy because she knows all about Davis's side family and everything along those lines. And we we have that great sort of conversation where she's like, we're not hurting people, and the way Davis kind of you know stands up and uh, yes, you are. It's it's another little moment going back to what we said what last week about how a subtle little continuity thing that hasn't really been brought up in a couple of years, and here we are again, sort of slightly revisiting Davis's family that is a side family. So um, yeah, appreciate it. I like it. Don't know if you like it. Well, really. I do like it. the I do like the way I do like the way um, we know we know Davis is usually pretty calm and collected, but here he gets a little. I mean, he's obviously not screaming at her, but he definitely gets a harder tone in his voice, and I like the way Kobe Bell delivers that. Yeah, and that's going back to what I was saying about how the development of his character again. It's just just subtle little things they do with him that you know go back to episode one, season one. Davis to where we are now with him, that here he is standing up doing this and just it's just it's just great. It's well handled and yeah, as you said, Kobe Bell, just not that we ever speak negative and, against any of these actors, but like yeah, it's just he, he does it very well. I mean in, in all fairness though, Davis Davis is usually you know, like I said, the common the common collected type. And even here he's I mean, compared to some of the other people, if any other person on this show, if Nancy had said that to them, they'd be flying off the handle. Well, you know, Bo- so, you know, Bosco would have been like, "What the hell did you say to me?" And like, you know, just going off. So, um, yeah, yeah. But um, so great scene that's kind of setting up to what will ultimately conclude with uh, with Davis and the character and everything along those lines. Meanwhile, we've got yep, Bosco because it it did it did sh- it did kind of shake Nancy. I do think that that did kind of rattle her a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We've got Bosco and Cruz now going up to get LaVon Jackson, to which, as they go to open the door, his girlfriend comes running out. They struggle. And can I just say, this is a scene which Bosco gets kicked in the nuts. <laughs> There's just something about the way he kind of handles getting kicked in the nuts, which just, you know, I always kind of laugh about. Just the look on his face as he do. And then, yeah, this is where your opening line comes from. Like, next time, just hit the bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but again, this is another, another moment where it's like, how do they let him get away? It's kind of, we hear them on the radio saying like, he got away. It's like, do you not have this building surrounded? Like how bad are the NYPD going at the moment? (laughs) Very badly. Apparently. I I was commending the police storylines, but they've let this guy get away twice now. They could have had him twice. Um, 
Meanwhile, what's going to make this episode better, Darvel? Uh, hmm, how about Emily? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favourite... One of your favourite characters. <sighs> one of your favourite minor characters. I just don't know why she's annoying me even no, more no, this time around no watching dis- this. <laughs> no, no disrespect, Bonnie Dennison. Again, Bonnie Dennison, you're great. We love you. You really are. Your character's just shit. Uh, <laughs> just... Ugh. But she can't find a notebook. Here's Chris Bauer's five-minute appearance as Fred. Um, and then apparently she wants to go back to uh, to school. To school, yeah. Including going past the bank where it happened. Just the way she's just so dramatic about it. Like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> so essentially that's it. Then we've got Sully waking up, asking Davis how bad he was and... I just love the way that he's like, oh, I think I mouthed off a little bit to the three-star chief. That's an, uh, that's, that's an understatement. And this is essentially where Davis is saying that he's going to try and get him uh, saved, and Sally's like, don't, I'll fight my own battles, I will apologise. And, like, we see the bit where he gets up, he's obviously hung over as hell, he's been drinking, he goes to the fridge and gets a beer and drinks. Now, I'm not trying to put blame here on Davis, because, again, he's just lost his wife, and I'm sure anybody in this situation somebody's lost their wife, they've gone through that trauma. Yeah. At that point, you're not you declaring them an alcoholic because at this point, he's gotten drunk a few times. It's only been a couple of weeks, right? So he's yeah. not an alcoholic right now. But are you really not going to at least say, like, dude, are you okay with that drink? Like, at least just slightly question it. Like, I'm... Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, for for a second, though, you were like, I'm not going to put the blame solely on Davis here. And I was like, I was thinking, okay, you mean Sully. But then when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I see what he's getting at now. Yeah. I probably would have if it had been if it had been me. I would have been like, uh, so you're hungover as hell right now. Are you sure you can handle that? Yeah, and particularly if you're going to go apologize, like, should you be drinking? Yeah, beer? You don't want to show up. You don't want to show up in the same state you were last night. Uh, Chief Hancock, <laughs> Chief Hancock, I I I just wanted to say I just wanted to say I'm sorry. <coughs> Whoa, sorry. You, you're doing Sally yeah, so I, I much you're starting I, to choke on yourself. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I can't do that type of. I can't do that type of voice for very long. There goes that idea to role play an entire script of Third Watch with you as Sully. <laughs> oh well. Well, I mean, if I practice, yeah, we'll I practice. We'll but... put you on the line to Macy Gray. She somehow manages to sing a couple of songs with that voice. So uh, I just don't know how. There's a name that hasn't been mentioned since 2004. Um. Anyway. Uh. So, meanwhile, Bosco. When is she? You don't remember Macy Didn't Gray? Didn't she appear in Third Watch? Macy Gray. Oh, wait. Uh, no, oh, no. I, I know who Macy Gray is, but I was kind of, I was thinking, did she ever make an appearance in Third Watch? I don't know. No, she made an appearance in Spider-Man. <laughs> ah, but yes, I, but yes, I do know, I do know Macy Gray. I know the name and I, I, I think I know one of her songs. God, no, my voice is I walk away and I stumble. Anyway, so. That. Bosco is right now trying to find out uh, an update on Miguel. Can't they're at the uh, the precinct, and this is where Cruz is going to go chase down some kids to basically roll them up to try and find out where Lavon went. Yokus is uh, listening in, and this is where Yokus has a bit of a conflict with um, with Bosco about the idea of getting kids in involved now. I, I, I want to kind of point a slight hypocritical nature of Yokus here. Let's go back to season one to what she did with a certain gangbanger. But at the same time, oh, there were yeah. no kids involved. Yeah, um, so. What was that? What was that? Responsible parties. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, yep. let's season just season one, episode five, where she where she beats up Caesar and leaves him handcuffed in two Sixers territory. Yeah. Yeah. We get another bit of Carlos and uh, Doc here. Carlos obviously just trying to get some uh, some some reassurance is the word I'm looking for from Doc. And Doc basically goes off at him, and uh, this is the line where you know Carlos is like, you know, oh, you're probably getting a ward. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, just stop talking. I do love the bit where kind of they're just they're sitting there in the car, Doc staring at Carlos, beep, 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 and Carlos is just like, you're blocking traffic, and he's just like, okay, I'm sorry, I'll shut up now. <laughs> so it's just like blocking <laughs> in there. This is the uh, the scene then when um, Cruz comes in with the kids. And uh, runs out the door, and basically Wes Worski is like, that woman gets things done. And then sort of Jokers looks up and is just like, yep, that she does. So obviously she's... This is what yeah. I, again, the that, subtlety. I always... I do think that that was probably a little a little too much. What's that? A little the, too extreme. The, the, the kids. Ba- yeah, basically... basically traumatizing the kids again it's it's yeah like it's definitely a step too far but again at the same time it's a case of get anything done to get you want like, like there was um was it season two of 24 where oh yes 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 see season two when when jack when when jack was uh pretend when jack was pretended to kill uh, the kids apparent apparent apparently holding Syed Ali's family yeah. hostage and apparently had one of the kids killed. Uh, Only we discovered later it was all staged. Yeah. And that's, but yes, that was season two. But I mean, again, this is like a guy who, you know, has one of the, I think the greatest lines in television was in the premiere of season two when he basically gets that guy, shoots him dead. And then he's basically like, we're going to need a hacksaw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty legendary line. Oh, I mean, speaking of characters who, you know, do bad things for good reasons, I mean, this is, you know, that's what makes Jack Bauer just absolutely incredible. But, um, yeah, so I, I get the, the slow Yeah, burn. but un- unlike Cruz, though, unlike Cruz, though, you can tell it does kind of take a toll on him over time. Well, I think we get Cru- some of that with Cruz moving forward. I think that uh, not to the extent of Jack, but... You know, again, the difference is Jack's doing all this in one bloody day, whereas Cruz is kind of, you know, spreading this out a little bit. I just want to quickly add this. this I don't mean it catches up with, I don't mean, I don't mean catching up with him in the, in the, in the legal way. I mean, in the psychological way. No, no, that's what I meant too. And I think that's what happens with Cruz as well, psychologically. What I just want to quickly add is that the slow burn, I feel, with, Yokus here and everything that's happening is just, just, you know, the slow looks you're getting here from Yokus. Like, it's nothing is getting shoved down our throat with, oh, Yokus doesn't agree with Cruz. Like, again, it's just subtle little moments here, just the way she kind of looks as he runs out. So, um, yeah. I do like that, uh, how it's going there. Meanwhile, Nancy shows up to have lunch with Hancock, and this is where we find out that she's going to say goodbye. And basically, the reason why he wants to keep Davis close is he's looking to run for office one day, and he thinks that Davis will talk to the media. So, um, little uh, interesting thing which Davis can use as a bit of a blackmail uh, leverage. Yep, yeah, very, very shortly. Uh, Bosco and Cruz go to the apartment. This is where they get another lead from the kids. There's uh, nobody there. 
And this is kind of where we get some other great little lines here from Cruz, you know, when she's saying she's not like other cops and kind of, you know, she's panicking. She's just wanting to get away so much. And then Bosco is kind of trying to talk to her and she's just kind of ignoring him. And just the desperation from Cruz. Again, this is what I really like about her is the way that, like, she's so desperate. She comes across as, like, just do anything, whatever it takes to find her. But again, you've got to realise that she's doing all of this purely for the purpose to get a murderer off the street. Like, she's not doing this for you know, get some money on the side, some candy man or something like that from season one. Like she's, she's doing this, you know, for the fact that she wants to get these bad people in the street and the development of her character. When we kind of find some of her background with a sister and kind of how she grew up as to why she wants to do this, I think really works. And that's all about softening crews. And maybe that's the thing that people didn't like was that we didn't know about this, this about her straight away. So, okay. You can maybe understand that that's where a little bit of the hatred for crews comes from. But again, like people who are not liking her, just understand the reasons why she's doing this. She's trying to get a murder off the street, you know. So I think that's for a long game. That's a that's a good reason to be a bit, you know, out of the box of policing. So you know, layers. Remember Shrek, the whole layers argument. <laughs> like Cruz is an it's onion. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. <laughs> Cruz is an onion. There's lots of layers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parfait. No, that's that's donkey. Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> made Mallory laugh in the background. So, um, Bosco does the whole Star 69 thing, calls out, finds out the Haywood bus line. So, uh, they're going to go off and find out that... Uh, back is, when Star 69 was still a thing. Uh, we did, that's not an Australian thing that we had. So, is that a a thing that um, we had? What did it we must have... have... Star 10 hash was our thing when you had a missed call. You could, um. Yeah, Star 69 was our thing. I think it first started in like the late 90s, the, the mid to late 90s, or at least that's when, that's when it became widely advertised. Before caller ID. Um. Huh? Before caller ID was a thing. Like where you had the yeah, numbers. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, anyway, so they find out that he's at a bus station, they're gonna run out of there after him. Um, we get Davis having a bit of a chat with, uh, Hancock and um, sort of just I like the bit there when he's you know says oh I'm sorry and he's like no you're not <laughs> uh, and they've got a message about there being the shooting suspect so we get a big standoff here at the bus station and as Cruz and Bosco ask a very rude bus terminal lady like where's Haywood bus lines what <laughs> it's like upstairs um, and then we get a big <laughs> standoff here where essentially Levon gets off the bus, he gets pinned down by Bosco and Cruz, has a bit of a shootout, and then Cruz shoots him, and he's dead, and Bosco kind of goes off, full pelt at Cruz, which Cruz just remains very calm, and it's kind of, you're watching this scene like going, what's happening here? Because clearly this guy's dead, to which, kind of to point out, Bosco is shouting at the top of his lungs, he's dead, he's dead, are you happy now? Are you happy now, Sergeant? Now, the reason they got their last case thrown out of court is because witnesses heard the paramedics saying, you are going to be fine. There is a bus filled with people watching on right now who would have clearly heard Bosco say, he's dead, are the you happy? The whole fucking bur- bus terminal, terminal would have heard it. Why is that never brought up in court by the same defence lawyer? Anyway, the point of this scene is that clearly this guy's dead, but Cruz leans in and says, you are in grave danger, you realise you are about to die, give me the name of who told you to go after Miguel and who shot Wiggy. 
And essentially, she lies that he admits that it was Vernon, to which she looks up at Bosco, now surrounded by the entirety of the NYPD, apparently, to which she says, I heard that, did you hear that? And Bosco just has a look and says, I heard it, every single damn word. So, here is another thing that Cruz is going to do. She's going to lie that this guy gave him a dying declaration in order to get a murderer off the street. Now, again, plot holes aside of the whole bus hearing Bosco shout, he's dead, are you happy? He's dead. Pretty sneaky move here by Cruz, but another one of those... Really was. Yeah. I like it. I don't like her breaking the law, but I like the fact she's willing to do that to get this murderer off the street. Couldn't she have... Couldn't she have shot... Oh, wait, no, never mind. That would have been too obvious. I was going to say, couldn't she have shot him... You know, to where he wouldn't die. To where he wouldn't die right away. I mean, he would still die, but not. He does have an Uzi, and he's quickly reloading it. So you kind of got to think on your feet, like shit, bang, bang. Um, and then like she might not have been aiming for where she hit, and then like accidentally snicks a, I don't know, heart or a lung or something like that, and he's dead. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, because I mean, if you do have someone loading reloading a gun really quickly and pointing it at you i mean you do kind of for minor i mean you do kind of have to take him out if i've got a guy with an uzi so. pointing at me reloading and i've got a pistol in my hand i'm not gonna go shit should i go for the leg should i go for the knee oh yeah, yeah i wound. know <laughs> i'm no, shooting no, you're, that you're motherfucker gonna, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna put <laughs> hey you're you're gonna put one between their eyes <laughs> if i'm that good of a shot um clearly levon isn't Blow up a whole ambulance. I mean, because seriously, how did how did he not hit Bosco or Cruz uh, with that thing? Stormtrooper school. Although shooting. at that point, I think he was when people are, and maybe I could be totally wrong because I'm I have no background in law enforcement or anything like that. But it seems when, and of course this is TV, so it's probably entirely unrealistic. But when people are cornered, especially if they're armed. They just start shoot. It seems like they just start shooting everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Which look, eh, we'll analyze the shooting nature and get of, scientific of Levo- experts on the Levon show to work out the logistics was. of yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, th- look, this is obviously a very important scene just for the fact that it is. This gets brought up a lot. It caused fractures between Yokus and Bosco, and this is. Like, this is maybe the most important scene so far of what's going to happen for the rest of this season. You know, we've, we've had the Sully, the Tatiana stuff. It's, it's come and gone, you know, for the, the side of what's going to happen with Sully up till episode 18. Obviously, that's kind of the slow burn, as we said. But in, right. in retrospect of what this season turns out to be and what you sit down and you think of each individual season of Third Watch, what's the main storyline? What do you remember the most? And a lot of that hangs on perhaps the season cliffhanger. And if we're relating this to what this season ends with, this maybe is the most important scene for the overall arc of storylines of this entire season. Because that's what starts it. Yeah, exactly. That's where this all starts. And this is what these two parts do, is it sets Cruz up, we've got a taste of what she's capable of, and it's, again, that fracture between the Bosco and Yokus relationship, it's this triangle of trust and mistrust. Bosco's in the middle of both these women and kind of what is going to happen for their relationships. And... I think that it's maybe the most intelligent slow burn to a season finale that we get in Third Watch. 
And that's a really rare compliment I want to give to this season because, again, we're not going to come here at the end of six seasons of Third Watch go, four was the best. But, like, if you think about every single no. cliffhanger, obviously, we know season one and season two didn't really have cliffhangers. They had minor ones, but not big ones that you remember. Season three had a cliffhanger based purely on a blackout. There was no lead-up to the blackout. It just happened. Season five, we have a cliffhanger, but the, the what happens for that cliffhanger kind of is just the last quarter of season five. It doesn't really take the entire half of a season. And then season six is its own beast because it's the end of the show. So I feel that right. the fact that we're in episode 10, we're not even, we're just on the cusp of halfway. And we've got this, this moment that's just happened right now that is going to basically burn its way 12 episodes Define to the finale. the rest of the season. Yeah. And it also, like, the groundwork for this, like, you think about what it also brings in terms of the crew's and Yoko's relationship because... It doesn't become a huge thing throughout season five, but obviously the season five cliffhanger and what happens at the beginning of season six is a lot on the crew's Yokus relationship. And then it kind of gets forgotten about. But it's just, it's a very small, subtle moment that kind of has big implications of the show moving forward. Yep. So people who are watching this along with us have never seen it before. We're trying not to spoil it for you, but just, just bookmark this in your head and note that this scene, as subtle and little as it may seem, is a very important scene to what will snowball its way along with storylines moving forward. There we go. I sounded smart there, didn't I? <laughs> yep, you did. <laughs> Thank you. you. Did. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. I just got I mean, a quick degree in the last forty minutes. That that makes up for your that makes up for your lack of knowledge of the difference between rap and hip hop, if there is well, one. It was more about what's a trench and what's a trough, but I mean, like, and what's that? Well, that what's, too. what's the um? The, the mushrooms that you were truffles. See, there's another thing. Like, they all sound the same. A truffle is a food, but it's also a mushroom. Like, it's a little, you dig it. They're very expensive. And there's also the chocolate truffles. Mmm. Anyway, truffles, troughs, and apparently, Ma- apparently, apparently both you and Mallory think the chocolate truffles are delicious. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. Okay, so Carlos right now is still. That's uh, just us being us. Carlos is still having a bit of a complaint here. He's ducking. And look, I'm just not into this storyline. I mentioned earlier, I feel it's a bit repetitive. uh, Doc mentions that, you know, he sort of ducked and he's kind of like, I'm supposed to be the paramedic of the year, which we never got an official announcement of that, did we? It's just kind of brought up eventually. No, we didn't. He was nominated and and then he's won it somewhere and and we never hear about it ever again. Yeah. Which, I mean, we do hear about it again, obviously, when Doc does what Doc does. But like... As in, we didn't hear about the announcement of him winning that award. Right. So, yes. Anyway. Uh, th- but the thing that also really annoys me about this little storyline is because kind of Doc says a nice thing to Carlos, to which Carlos is like, are you complimenting me? And then Doc's just like, no. And then it's like, well, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just leave it at what Doc said and, and just go on. Well, it's kind of just like in hindsight, on. like how... You know, we've always talked about their relationship as never being, like, it's never perfect. And it always has big fractures come and going. But, like, was it episode two this season where they kind of nearly got into another punch-up? Or was that episode one? And... Uh, that was episode one. And, like, that kind of went nowhere, did it? So, it's kind of like... Yeah. It's... A few little things here and there with Doc and Carlos that sort of don't work. But, uh... Meanwhile, they go to tell dear old uh, Trenchy Treachy Trough Truffle that um, <laughs> Levon gave him up 
Uh, I love his line when he's like, he's oh, it's Wiggy. Dead man. He's Wiggy back from the dead. And then kind of that great little moment there where Bosco is kind of, you know, talking down to him, like, look at them all, you know, they're, they're great to see you, you know, fall. And then he's like, you know, I'll be back. Um, and no, then you obviously, won't be. well, we never see him again. That's, that's another one that would have been cool. Like, bring him back in like end of season five. Like, look who's back. It's Trenchman. Um, so. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, we get more of In the Air tonight, uh, DMX, look out for him coming soon. Yep. And, uh, we get Bosco sort of looking at Cruz again, giving him a bit of a shake of the head. So Bosco is obviously very uncomfortable that, uh, he's had to lie for her and kind of the extent of the lie. So this is where, again, these two work well, because again, Cruz is very much do whatever it takes to get the bad guy. Bosco thinks he's that way, but when it comes to this extent of it, he's very uncomfortable with it. So, um, right. The layers of Bosco and also, character. yeah, but and it's a it's a tiny thing, but I, it, it's a tiny thing, but I remember, you know, speaking of the part where he says to Tretch in the role of Vernon, uh, that you know, you're going down because because one little boy had the had the stones to stand up to you. Can we can we back up and you know he he was going on about um right after it happened you know, what did he say? When I fir- when I first met him, I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna be trouble. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and th- and he's is like, no, he wasn't the problem. Everything else was who who he knew, where he lived. And when I when I watched that, I was just like, you know, Bosco from a few seasons ago would have never said that. Yeah, no, agree. I completely agree. It's it's a great sort of. I mean, going back to Davis's character moments, but it's a great Bosco character moment and. Um, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's great. That's a very great point. And I think too, the thing you mentioned before about how like, oh, could we have had Miguel come back? Like, could he have been like a Malcolm? I think this is a good storyline for him to kind of wrap it up with him. And it's as much as I just sort of said like, hey, you could bring, you know, Tretch back, but like, kind of glad he doesn't. Like, it's, it's a nice little complete little two part storyline that kind of started with Miguel a few weeks ago. And yeah, it just, it just works. Except. So. Except I don't think I don't think we ever find out whether or not he actually whether or not I know I'm getting a bit ahead of us here, but I don't think we ever find out whether or not he actually lives. He just says Bosco just says that he's going to the hospital to check on Miguel. I think he and lives. The, I mean, the, the last scene we get is like his mother smiling and kind of like it's a it's it's ending on like a happy ending in a way like. Like, they're not going to kill a 12... If they're going to kill a 12-year-old kid off, we're going to know about it. Like, they're going to have a tragic storyline around a 12-year-old kid dying. They've done it before. They'll do it again in the future. So, I don't... Yeah, I think he lives. I think it's implied that he lives. So, and I think, like, at the end of the day, what works about this, too, is we get that conclusion. It's, like, slightly open-ended, but it's also, I feel, a solid conclusion. Whereas Malcolm, do we ever get a conclusion with Malcolm? No. No, we really don't. It was just... He last last time we see him, he's visiting his. Uh, Davis is sitting with him and his sister. Yeah, because his sister's in the hospital after being beaten up by Sunder. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I think this works. This this beats the Malcolm storyline. Um, we get it. You know, we're back to character moments. Great here with Davis. Davis basically gets his way out of driving Hancock around. He sort of plays his card about wanting anything he wants by, uh, you know, saying that you're gonna. You're going to basically get Sullivan back on duty. He's going to apologize to you. You're going to accept it and that otherwise he's going to go to the press. And he's just saying that he's protecting his best friend. I love that line when he says, I'm just protecting my best friend. It's like, oh, 
Good on you, Davis. Yeah. Um, and then I do love the, it's fact the sort of thing he'd do. And I love the bit when he's like, you know, like, oh, and what about you as my driver? That like, I hate being your driver. And then the thing that, like, this whole story, like, I can definitely get why you're not a big fan of it. It kind of is a nothing storyline, but I do like the conclusion here, the way he's like, you're a real pain in the ass, Davis. From you, sir, that's kind of a compliment. And I love the way they (laughs) salute each other, they walk off, and then I just love the way Davis kind of goes, yes, like, as he walks in the office. So, yeah, (laughs) great, great moment, great scene. Again, it's a nothing storyline, I completely agree with you, but it's, it's, I kind of appreciate it for what it is. You know, so because it it does, I will give it credit in that it does help develop Davis's character. Yeah, but and I at think, the same time, it's yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the extent of Sully that we get a great scene from last episode where he kind of loses it and you know abuses a three star chief, and without all of this, he doesn't get out of it. He loses his job. So I think right, that it's right. it's it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and we basically conclude this episode with a, another sort of scene with fractures again slightly with Yokus and Bosco where, you know, he, Bosco says to Yokus, like, we got him, it's great, we did what we needed to have to do. And then, you know, Yokus obviously saying, like, I don't think it's worth terrorizing kids. And then, you know, Yokus kind of just says, like, is it true? Tell me right now, did he give you a dying declaration? And he's like, every damn word is completely true. And obviously just the look that Bosco kind of gives you, because you can tell Yokus doesn't believe him. And you can tell that Bosco is obviously, you know, trying to cover himself a little bit and then we get the scene that we just mentioned about how Bosco is side by side with Miguel and his mother just kind of has a bit of a smile and it, it ends on a fade it, it, it's a real ER ending it just reminds me a lot of how ER episodes used to end when that was at its peak so um, yeah that's that's part two yep anything part two to, is over anything to add just kind um, of on the little Yokus and Bosco bit there at the end nope Nope. We better we better rate nope. this episode then, my friend. Uh, what, are yep. we, what are we doing yep. with it? Uh, you know, thinking? I'm still trying to decide on that. Mm. Well, I'm going to tell you I'm buying sure, it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just I'm, say I'm definitely, buying it. I'm definitely not binning it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to rent it. I'm going to... Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're so tall. You know, yeah, yeah, I really am. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a buy as well. Oh there you go, you're in the green basket. Okay. What what swayed yep. you in your mind there, Darvel? Well just just thinking just thinking about it, just thinking about it again, you know, thinking about the episode overall. Mm-hmm. And just how well, just how well it's everything gelled together in these last two, these last two episodes. It was just like, okay, yeah, this is definitely buy worthy because, I mean, everything, everything actually makes sense. Yeah, it's this a good fire starter. It's a solid conclusion to right, yeah. right. And I think um, I'll say I've bought it, and I've got this ranked. Um, well, it's at fifty-seven. Uh, well, actually, no, 50, no, 56 it is after 76 episodes, which is the last buy. So this is on the cusp of a rent for me, but it's still in the green. So, uh, the last, the, the lowest of the buys right now. But, um, I think kind of just looking at the other two parters that we've had, um, obviously earlier this season, you know, Judgment Days part one and two, they're both in the top 10 and part two actually oh, yes. improved on part one. 
Um, whereas obviously if we go back to, uh, season three, uh, with superheroes, superheroes part one kind of sitting currently at eighth and superheroes part two down to 50 seconds. So it's interesting that this kind of followed the trend of superheroes, uh, more so than Judgment Day, which the second part actually improved on the first part. And Judgment Day part yeah. two is currently right now sitting as the third best episode of third watch, according to my ranking. So, um, yep. Yeah. So you mentioned that you mentioned that your you mentioned that your buys are in the green are in mm. the green. So you have different you have different what do you have different color schemes? My little color code it means that buy it's a green, rent it's a yellow, and bin it's a red. So traffic lights. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got it. My little my little color coding system here makes it easier for me to quickly see it because you know I'm dumb and not educated, so I need the colors to make me smart. So. <laughs> basically how hey, it works, that's a, right? Hey, whatever works. Whatever, whatever works. works. Next week, uh, it's time for Second Chances, isn't it? Because that's the episode. We're at the halfway point. We're getting to episode 11. And I actually think this is a good episode too. <laughs> it's It's got yep. some... I know, you didn't, I know you didn't like... It sounds like you don't really like Eve in her role in that episode, but... <sighs> Look, I always forget that she's in this bloody show. <laughs> and I always forget the episode. <laughs> like... I will say that she's not as bad as I remember her being, but there's also a reason why Eve is not a person we talk about 16 years later, and also why she never went into acting after her appearance on Third Watch. She's not terrible. She's well, tolerable. So... Well, she... Well, no, she was in the... She was in one of the... Or, if not... I think she was in a few of the barbershop movies that Ice Cube did. And that was after... Oh, wait. Was that after this? No, it was around the same time. Never mind. I, I really feel that she... I mean, she's really someone that is just not talked about anyway. Has she done anything much since Let Me Blow Your Mind with Gwen Stefani? That's all I know her from. <laughs> like, what uh, other songs did she do? <laughs> actually, I think that was one of her last big ones. Right. Okay. I'm just looking at her film. We'll talk about more of this next week, I feel, because like, yeah, she's been in other things. It wasn't her only acting uh, appearance, but um, it was her first acting appearance um, on a TV show as a character rather than herself. So, um, yes, we'll talk about Eve. But, like, outside of Eve, um, I think that, like, obviously we get the start of the Carlos stuff that's happening this season, which is going to take mm-hmm. up a big chunk and again very interesting how we will discuss this storyline because it would be done completely different in 2018 and i think that the um what else is happening in the, oh yeah the emily stuff hmm well mm-hmm. we'll get to it it's it's, it's it's actually a pretty i like it it's it's an episode that i actually surprisingly enjoy so second chances that's next week uh, we're only a fortnight away now from Snowblind. Um, no, three weeks away. God, I can't count. See, I'm just dumb. I'm going to go back to count my troughs or something. Uh, Darvel, thank you, as always, and to everybody who's listening. No problem. Thank you. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe. Send me links to smart things so I can read uh, stuff and learn the difference between a trough and a trench and a trench and a something else truffle um but yes and rap and hip-hop if there is a difference apparently i really um, don't think there is who knows uh i'm probably i'm sure that there is but there is something anyway my name is ben and you're a real pain in the ass darville 
<laughs> My name is Darville, and from you, sir, that's kind of a compliment. See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.